When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Excuse me. It's not just about living with yourself. It's about loving yourself. You have one life. So I'd say commit to that. Be kinder to you. And if there are things you wouldn't even say to your worst enemy, don't say them about yourself. We're so much kinder to anybody and everybody else but us. And I'm not having that. Like, I will be my biggest cheerleader till the day I die. <laughs> yes, I'm listening, like nodding and smiling and beaming along. I love it. Everything yeah. done. I'm doing that. I'm trying that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just three things. In my yeah, life. Yes, three out. things. We can all do that. We can yeah. all do that. Three things. It's, it's just like my eyelashes are looking good today. My eyebrows are tweezed. Yeah or threaded whatever it is like it can be the smallest thing it doesn't have to be the big big things you haven't got to take it that big I think yeah. you should focus on a few small things hype yourself you kind of, up yeah and, yeah you know like acknowledge your wins and I always celebrate everything you are listening to the dope black mom's podcast I'm delighted to be joined by girls education activist author and empowerment youtuber V. welcome to the podcast Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being here. Do, does it feel weird, girls, education activist, author, empowerment, <laughs> YouTuber? Does it just, do you sit there and cringe or do you sit there and think, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm doing all those yeah, things. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, yeah. Like, it feels, like, <laughs> it feels the same it's as different. someone like saying V. You know, like it doesn't, it's not strange. It's, it's all one and the same, really. Yeah. Is, is that, how do you describe yourself when people ask you, what do you do? I say that I am in the space of creating education content online and also campaigning for girls' access to education around the globe, especially the African continent. So, yeah, one in the same of what you've just said, really. I love it. What do people say? How do they react when you say that? Because it's not just like, I'm a plumber, I'm a teacher. <laughs> like, do they give you like, oh, okay, easy, or... Um, yeah, they always ask like a follow up of oh, so like you know how do you how do you do that? And then mm-hmm. I explain that I create YouTube videos that are used as educational resources for young people. That I run an empowerment platform that's helping youth feel empowered and feel like they can reach for their dreams. And that I campaign for education by sharing information, talking to those who have the power to make change, and championing the voices of the people that I want to help champion. So I just kind of explain what my day-to-day looks like and then it starts to kind of make more sense to people. Honestly, everything you just said sounds like a sign belt to me. Like everything, <laughs> you just can clip it up just like this is what I do. You can put it on your yeah. fridge, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so empowered, live your life with passion and purpose. This is the title of your book. How did you come with the title? Well, I think I just wanted to... I kept thinking about what do I want the book to be doing? Like, what what is the purpose of it? And who is it trying to reach? And what should they feel when they close the last chapter? And for me, the whole thing was about empowerment. That's I really live for that. So I, it was a no-brainer for me that the book was going to be called Empowered because that's what 
that's what the people should feel when they're done with it and then live your life with passion and purpose that was kind of the little tagline of what do I hope to convey in the book to you so you should feel empowered at the end but I'm gonna help give you the practical tools and steps of how to live your life with passion and purpose so I think it it just came naturally I think the name was already there before I even realized it was there it's very clear isn't it and it does exactly what it says on the tin so if anybody is looking to be empowered get this book (laughs) you've become um really a symbol of hope I think that is it feels it feels like a big thing to say but I think it's true you've become a, a symbol of hope for many young black women who inspires you who keeps you going for me it's definitely like you know watching the women that have gone before me who are paving the path for others whether it's through literature whether it's through politics whatever it may be it's really really inspiring to see them taking up space and doing it unapologetically people like you know Michelle Obama Mallory Blackman who's an amazing love her work you know people people like that really motivate me because they've taken a chance in what they're very good at. They're using their voice. You know, your Afua Hershey's, your June Sa Pong, so many in, ama- amazing Black women around the amazing. world that yeah. I look up to. So I always thought, well, if I've been able to look up to them and I've been able to draw strength from their stories, their journeys, their work, their art, then I think it's only right that I also do that for someone who's younger than me. So, you know, you carry on, the baton of light that you've been given and I I think it's I mean I'm not going to say it's not right because everyone's got their own prerogative to live as they choose to live but I think you know if you've been given a chance and a platform and you've been given access to something that maybe people around you don't have I think it's it's really important that you shine a light on that you scream and shout about it how you got the opportunity how you did it in the hopes that someone else can you know change their life too so I think, yeah, to answer your question, the women that inspire me are just different Black women who are just living and existing loudly, loudly enough that I've been able to to take in their waves of hope, their voices, and channel it into who I am. So, yeah, they're the people that inspire me. And, of course, my family as well, like my mom and my sister and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'd say it's a collection of incredible Black women who are yes strong but also <laughs> agile and soft and multifaceted yeah. and you know they they are humans with many different emotions many different abilities many different <sighs> streams to them and and I really really love that so that's who inspires me black women living authentically yes and you must get so many young women sharing with you mm-hmm things that have changed their life maybe how your pieces of content maybe how your book has shaped their experiences can you share any feedback that has really moved you yeah so it's definitely hearing from young women around the world who may not have been in the best of situations and whether it's you know them not being able to go to school or them not feeling valued in their family or feeling overshadowed at school once they get in they're not given the same opportunity as boys you know young women like that who message me and say after watching your video I had the courage to go and do ABC and it's worked out really well and I'm really enjoying myself even if it's something as small as you know setting better boundaries with people around them or maybe leaving a toxic relationship or 
telling their friends, oh, you're not quite good to me, or I don't feel supported by you, anything ranging from those steps, being able to hear from them that they feel empowered enough to be the ones in control of their narratives and they realize that they have a voice, that's really, really touching to me. And I get so many like that that the stories kind of all merge into one you know i can imagine yeah i can imagine just coming at you from all different spaces and all your different platforms yeah it becomes like this beautiful long scarf that just has a multitude of colors and wools and string from around the world it's it's all keeping you know one thing you going yeah exactly so um difficult to point out just the one but maybe Mm -hmm. i would say the girls that I get to interact with for longer periods of time you know the ones that I get to mentor um, and then I get to watch their journeys for a long time I think that's really touching to see them come in not wanting to make eye contact and thinking, Mm -hmm. you know like helmet workshop is not gonna work like it's not gonna happen I just never gonna get to live my dreams and then watching them leave being like yeah I can take over the world you're like yeah can. yeah that really is life-changing though isn't it you've seen yeah it, that you've seen that moment right there and not many people get to witness that yeah just to see that actual change there and then oh yeah. that is that's inspiring that is really inspiring <laughs> yeah and what I love about a lot of your content um especially is the book um you draw on quite a lot of your your experiences and you're not afraid to talk about loss to talk about grief, to talk about failure. Yeah. Do you feel vulnerable sharing this much? Does it feel dangerous or does it feel freeing? Yeah, no, I, I, I also, you know, have my limits. You know, I have things that I'm like, well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to talk about this. You know, I have my moments where I think, well, no, this is blurring the line between what I want to share and what I don't want to share. And I remember specifically doing this interview with, um some someone a magazine and um I remember that we were about to go to print and I'd had a really beautiful conversation with the person doing the interview for like two three hours it was great and um at the end I was like oh wait I didn't know we're gonna include that or this like those are way too personal it's, it's more than I am willing to give and I just felt comfortable to talk and I wish I hadn't said as much because some of those are not my stories to tell you know right you, you can't you can't think that's just because because you're okay with sharing certain things that my mom or my sister or my friends and cousins, you know, they're also in my story. So I I always have to find the line where it stops being about me or there's a lesson in there to now, oh, you're you're taking over someone else's moment to share if they want to even Mm -hmm. share. So I think Mm -hmm. that's where I blur my lines is when it comes to family and friends. Like I want to always protect their privacy and allow them to speak for themselves. But also with myself, um, I think... I I never want to feel as though I I'm only valued if if I'm always sharing certain things so I never want for example I mean it's a really really bad example but imagine I was in a relationship and I posted saying oh my god I'm engaged or something and now I felt compelled to talk about the whole process to getting married I hate that you know I want to feel as though you might share one thing here and there but no one is there like well where where are where's your partner you haven't posted them for two weeks why aren't they there I never want someone to come back to me and start questioning me on why haven't you kept us up to date on things so I always try to give to give what I what I'm happy with giving and never going beyond that because I'm in control of my narrative and it would defeat the whole purpose of of 
what I'm doing truthfully if I felt that I had to give more because empowerment is about you owning your life and your narrative and if you now feel as though I feel forced to talk about these things then it's no longer yours and you're not empowered you know so I draw the line on if I no longer feel comfortable or if I no longer want to talk about that thing I just I just stop because it's my life you know I think that's really brave and can I just go back a bit mm-hmm. where how do you so you you've actively thought about this how do you know so like you know when you you had the interview you're like oh I've just gone yeah. back and taken a second this has been two hours I felt really comfortable I've shared and maybe I've overshared yeah I think the skill that you just described basically I think is useful for so many different elements of our life I think it's useful for all the different relationships we have in our life, whether that is a romantic relationship, whether that is a uh, relationship with your child, um, relationship with friends, relationship with people you work with. So how did you like graphically work out, you know, those moments and stick to it, basically? How, how are you creating those boundaries? How have you flagged, actually, this is not right? Because... I think you have to think about these things before you go into the moment, if you get what I mean. Because mm-hmm. in the moment, it can all you can get caught up and it can get passionate and you can forget about your values, maybe. And that's when yeah. sometimes we can lose our way. I was just wondering, like, what sort of work did you do to think, what am I okay with, basically? I mean, just simply, what do I stand for? That, that's quite hard, I think, to, I think that's what I'm getting at. It's quite um, hard to um, put, to get concrete, I think. I think for me, that that moment with sitting down with like the journalist essentially was kind of um, an anomaly, if you may, because I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. Like it was, there was an overwhelming amount of things going on. And I remember I had a busy schedule with just doing a lot of press and um, everything was just blurring into one. Like I just didn't know from one thing to another like what what we're doing I was kind of finding out an hour or so before it was happening you know it was that kind of crazy schedule so I remember that this interview was going to happen but I think I just didn't do my due diligence when they walked in because they we we had the the interview at home as well right it was in my home so I was really comfortable relaxed and when they came in I just I just didn't think oh my god it's on record like anything I say Mm -hmm. is on record Mm -hmm. I assumed like oh we're gonna have a quick chat and then you're gonna like create the story from this but I just forgot that anything I've said is 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 free game really you know so I think the moment that um the journalist was leaving I remember asking oh wait by the way like I do get to see this before it goes out and when they said no that was the very moment I realized like it was it happened in the moment I realized and I the moment she left I sent the email being like just to retract because I already knew and I think normally what I would normally do is I normally do my research like I know where I'm gonna when I'm going and what I'm doing so even if I'm going into a new workplace I'm going to university and meet new friends or you know I'm trying to think of day-to-day scenarios I always think what do I want to what do I want people to think or feel or know when they leave me or they leave this conversation and there are certain things that I just I just think, well, actually, there's. I just don't want to talk about this, or this is private, and and I know my boundaries. I know what makes me uncomfortable, comfortable, and of course, being online with with the job that I do, vulnerability is a big thing that makes your audience relate to you. So 
the more that I share, the more that they feel they can relate and the more that we create this relationship because I'm giving and they're giving in the comments, I'm giving online. However, you also just have to remember if this was to go viral or if this was to be put on BBC News or if the person who's involved in these stories was to be in the room, would I still be comfortable? And anything I share, I always think, I want to be comfortable talking about this, whether I'm in the room with the president or in a room with (laughs) my aunties or my cousins. And if there's any point that I think, oh no, I feel really exposed and I don't, I'm not feeling happy and my narrative is no longer mine, this can get misconstrued or, you know, turn into something else. That's when I'm like, no, the, the line is drawn. So I guess I would say the practical thing is follow your gut especially Mm. because though like in that moment like I said my defenses were down no research done just thought cute quick interview nothing else I did not think it'd go on for that long I didn't think the setting would change anything because obviously most of the times you go to them or you know you've got other people with you but this was in my home had a you know lovely cup of tea on the side like if the setting is (laughs) even a friend it's not your friend right so I think it's just remembering what is your boundary when are you uncomfortable and voicing that like in that moment the moment I realized oh no there isn't I want to have no control as to what goes to print here I had to say something and in the end not like it was fine like they removed everything I didn't want but I had to have the conviction of knowing what I want people to know about me or what I want to share that I know when it's gone wrong so I guess that's what I would say is knowing who you want to share yourself as with the world so that when it does go wrong because we all we're all human you know you can tend to overspeak on something but at least recognizing oh no this is not something I want out and then trying to rectify it and I think the process of what we went through and having to fix it before it went to print has taught me okay that thing just you just to never have to go and retract your statement or just never talk about that like yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what I had to, it was a hard lesson and a hard thing to learn but it's what you know teaches us okay so when I go into this territory some people might be out there who don't have good relationships with their parents you know or they might have whatever if they if the topic of parents starts to come up they should be aware like oh this is my trigger point and if someone just asks me are you okay right now I'm gonna blurt it all out so maybe thinking oh I'm gonna go get a drink right now removing yourself you know just knowing what the triggers are I think is is the way that I would the advice I'd give there maybe yeah I think honestly I think it's a game changer I really think mm. because I think when you don't know those things this is when we can maybe mm. make some bad decisions yeah and you know you can find yourself in places that you don't want to be um, as parents you can find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be and um, you can find yourself in a relationship or staying in a relationship you don't want to be in and I think it's invaluable to kind of do this little like you're saying, this life audit, what am I okay? Mm. What am I okay with? What am, what, what am I not okay with? Yeah. I think that's really good. If it went viral, do I still stand by it? Do I believe it that much? How do I feel? I think it's really, really important to think about these things intentionally, spend mm. some time on it before you go out. Because I think at the end of the day, it comes down to your values and, and how you kind of uh, list your values, your priorities, your loves in your life, what comes above where, what does that all, what does it all mean? And in the situation, I think it's really hard to um, work it out on the ground. I think you have to have those thoughts before you kind of go into situations. And um, I think that's 
very brave to to recognize that and say actually hold on because it's so easy just to say yeah go for it you 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 it, it might get you x but you know mm-hmm. in the end you you will probably lose more so i think that's that's really good advice so i was reading you and your sister were given 10 pounds a week for school <laughs> dinners 10 pounds yeah. which meant obviously you had to learn how to budget mm. um or you didn't have lunch i suppose yeah. you had to yeah really get into it very quickly do you what did that teach you what did that those what did that experience that early on teach you it just taught me that a little can go a long way and it's really about how you plan um how you plan for the future thinking ahead and not just thinking about today and oh well that meal looks really really great I want to go for that it's like okay you might spend like five six pounds on that today and you'll be so happy but what are you going to do for the rest of the four days that you still got a school so my sister and I just learned how to appreciate what we had and also see a pound as more than just a pound you know you can really make this stretch and how how are we going to still have our school dinners and everything but also be able to save if we wanted to and then we just learned you know lots of new hacks and it taught us to be really responsible and stuff and like I said in the book when my mom then upped it to 20 it was like oh (laughs) it was like well we didn't even we didn't even need to do that because it's not necessarily about having more money means you manage it better it's just about having good systems in place and not trying to have more than you need you know mm. like in that moment you might think oh my god like 10 pounds is nothing but no honestly like our dinners were very fairly priced you could get a great pasta meal for like 85p or something you know like our song had very yeah. reasonable and it was great like tasted great obviously they're feeding students so like it wasn't highly priced so that 10 pounds was a lot you know um and we just had to learn just had to had to manage it and we kept each other accountable with that and our mom just she just wanted us to learn responsibility and of course like if it ran out you know we could have gone back to her and said we need something else but it just wasn't what we were taught to do you you learn mm. you're given what you're given you learn how to make that work and it teaches you to just be responsible I think that was the biggest lesson that I had and now that I have you know my own place and my own money and I don't have anybody who watches over what I spend or how I spend and I could easily go bankrupt tomorrow and like like no one would have I could e- I could easily be super wealthy or go bankrupt no one would be none the wiser because I'm in control of my finances but because of the lessons that I've learned from early on no one in my family worries like I've never heard my mom say have you got enough for rent or have you got enough of this or anything like that because I I know I just I just know so yeah it was a great mm. great lesson from 10 pounds to um now helping other people learn how to save how fun. yeah hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And, and do you think for mothers listening right now, mm. are there any other ways you could have learned that lesson? As in for mothers listening right now in various situations, any other ways that we can teach these, these life lessons mm. now? Yeah, um, well, I don't know if it's good or bad, but um, my mom, my my mom used to work a lot. So, cause you know, single parent and everything. So she used to work a lot. So she would always put us, in charge of also thinking about food shopping like oh what do we what kind of meals do we enjoy that she's going to make for us and then understanding and like being on the asda website knowing the price of stuff so we would never really waste things either we wouldn't be like let's heat up a whole tin of beans and then the rest of it that we don't eat throw it in the bin like we knew oh no maybe maybe don't do that because this tin of beans is like one pound 80 you know like we just really really understood money and what it equated to and when you see the full meal on the table it was like oh my gosh this is an amazing meal and it cost this much and I don't know she just we had a wise heads on our shoulders from an early age and I said I said I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because should um someone so young know so much but then it helped <laughs> us in the end so I I don't know it's it's a, it's a balance to strike of letting children be free and like happy and not having to think about that but also it it really really it was fun like it was like, oh my god we're going to the shops and we put it in the trolley mm. and thinking but your mum made it fun your mum made yeah, that, exactly. that experience fun yeah and my sister found a way well. to make it a game yeah it was the both of us as well so it'd be like well I want this pasta and then she'd be like well as the price on is better and it tastes good and it's less you know we made it like a thing and it just meant that we like I said never took things for granted just didn't waste food just in all of that stuff it, I don't know it was really good lessons and I think different ways that parents could teach their children that is maybe let them help with um planning the shopping list they don't necessarily have to be you know or in charge of the money or anything but maybe sitting down and saying we're going food shopping and when we have fish fingers and chips this is how much it costs so that just so people are not na- naive to oh, anything can just show up on the plate. It's like, no, someone had to go to the shops, get this, cook it and budget for it and think about this. And when I'm going to work, it's so that we can be able to eat. And yeah, it was just a lot of lessons wrapped up in one, but it was all so much fun, you know, such mm. a, like one big life game and we're just gaining these skills and just didn't even realise it. Yeah, so maybe try to get the children, whatever age they are, involved as yeah. much as you can at every stage. Yeah, and even if it's just packing things away, even like or taking it out from the car or having to put it in order, just so that they understand this is how much work it takes to be able to put food on the table. So we're lifting these heavy things into the house, and you know, our parents had to go to the shops and do this around the shops, put it in the car, and just little things depends on the age, right? But even like getting cute recipe books and planning for recipes so that. Like understand what goes into food and like oh how to make it healthy and I just think it's all really nice and I, as a young person I loved being involved I loved that my mom would consult us on those things as well because it just makes you feel like oh like yay 
Yeah. Yeah. I've got a say in this. So maybe giving them a little budget. You've got X amount of money. Go and plan this. And even if it's something small, like saying you're in charge of the snacks, like the snacks we're going to have this week at home. So here's 50 pounds. That's all we've got to spend for snacks. Like budget and think about it. Which ones would you put in? It's it's kind of like learning maths, but in the shops, you know, like you have to pick up your quavers. Oh no, well they're 50p overpriced. Maybe put this down and go for these instead. And it's, you know, just little things. Yeah. So that's that that lesson, that learning, obviously, was ingrained in you from a very young age. Mm. What are some of the lessons that you feel it's taken you the longest to learn? Asking for more help or or maybe um, leaning That's on... That's a big one. That is yeah. a big one, asking for help. It's so hard for so many people. Yeah, it's taken more into my adult life to, like, delegate or to mm-hmm. not have to do everything myself. Like, mm-hmm. really thinking, oh, it's okay to actually let other people do things. What is the fear? That they can't do it as well as you? That it's not going to be done to how you'd like it or is it that you just I think it was more like oh I'm just doing it already so I'll just do it and then also like oh you might take longer or I don't want to bother you or just you know you're still doing everything again yeah and I think also um as I was mentioning earlier when I was talking about the women that inspire me around me and I mentioned that they're strong but also fragile but also this I think as you're growing up, the narrative of like having to be strong black woman is always is super hyper independent, right? It's always like um enforced in us. So I have to unlearn that from like what mm-hmm. a society and just thinking, no, it's not I, I preach it all the time now. Like it doesn't make things more beautiful if you did it alone. It doesn't make like your achievements an achievement, even if you got help along the way. And I think it was also having more honest chats about things like mental health and well-being mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. realizing just how much of a toll you know making that priority for you yeah exactly like I just it's a it's a big thing I say now I'm just like you just don't have to do this alone like you don't there are systems in place there are people around you who are willing and ready to help you just have to say the word and we won't know what you need or what you want or what we can do to accommodate you if you don't say it so I'm just a firm believer now of vocalizing and some sometimes people can't help that's okay they might know someone who can so I think that's a big lesson I learned and I wish I'd learned that a lot longer ago (laughs) (laughs) the lessons that help us the most don't they sometimes take the longest Mm. do you think there's an issue with um maybe people just feeling vulnerable uh with not being able to do something so maybe if you're delegating the skills that you find tricky many of us are in spaces for the first time or it's quite fresh for us uh especially as black women to to be in some of these spaces do you think there's a fear there of just Mm. can't be seen to be asked asking for help yeah i think that there is um a big fear and also the knowledge of like you have to be twice as good enough and mm-hmm. you work so much harder so knowing that you've got downfalls and like highlighting them might feel like they already don't think I should be here so now if I highlight that I'm not good at this and this they're gonna it's just gonna confirm their fears so I need to like come and outperform all the time and like over exceed and overachieve and it's like well no you really don't like you can take up space as yourself and not feel as though you're having to do it for everybody and that you have to like always outperform it's okay it's okay for you to 
be at a standard that you're happy with I was gonna say it's okay if you want to be mediocre that is fine too like I think we've put such a bad and negative connotation to mediocrity that people just always have to be doing excellence excellence and overachieving yeah. and keep chasing yeah. success success it's okay and it's not even the thing is um I'm about to defend it and say it's not even mediocrity it's just you being you but I think it's because we've put a negative connotation to mediocrity that I don't even want to say it's mediocrity you know but it's that idea of it's okay to finish university get a job you like and like be working and be in a role you enjoy like you don't always have to be like gunning for CEO and gunning for this and I think that pressure makes people feel as though they can't have any downfalls or they can't have any weaknesses or anything like that and I think there's such strength and beauty in being able to admit oh I just don't know and asking for the help rather than going through pretending that you do know because it's just it's just making things so much harder and I just mm. people and also people look at you thinking yeah. it can be done all by yourself yeah. which you can't and it just can't and I think there's beauty in knowing what your strengths are and then delegating and looking to people who's got other strengths and you come together and you combine and if you're better at literacy and they're better better at numeracy like come together that's powerful now you've got two brains working which is better than one but um, more often than not people think that we have to just always live in solitude and it's not true like humans aren't made for that we're meant for companionship through friendship family whatever it may be and also helping each other and I think once we all realize that it's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to not know the answer. It's okay to not be superwoman and always be on 24-7. <laughs> I think that we'll all start to relax and actually accept the help around us. And that is definitely something that I do all the time. Like I just, if I don't need to do it alone, I'm not doing it alone. Yeah, I think that is liberating. Mm. Very, very liberating. For the young women who follow you, who listen to you, who might be listening now, who may be feeling trapped by their circumstances, it may feel unbearable Mm. right now. What would you like to say to them? I would say that it's really, really important to make sure that they are expressing how they feel whether even whether it's not to someone even if it's through a journal or just something just to at least offload that and 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 tan and make these feelings tangible so that you know that you are valid in what you're thinking and feeling and sometimes when you keep things in you start to think oh maybe I'm just overreacting or maybe I'm and you start downplay it but no it's as serious it's as serious as it feels and it is and you need to make sure you're document that for yourself like I said whether it's a private journal or talking to a friend or talking to someone I mean the biggest recommendation would be therapy of course but that's not always the case especially when you feel mm-hmm. trapped and you might not have the financial means and you in your family home and whatnot so I well, we could maybe all journal or we could yeah. say it out loud Absolutely. just in our space just to get it out of your body you could just get it make sure it's not living in your head only because that is where it gets dangerous because then like I said you start overthinking you start maybe justifying what's happening around you and start like trying to see it different no 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 your feeling like I said is valid so that's the first step is make sure you look yourself in the mirror and say you have a voice you're allowed to use it and what you think and feel is valid that's the first step because some people are really taught that they're worthless and that no one's going to ever care la 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 and it's like no 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 you are then the next step is now thinking 
where do I find help? Can I talk to a family member? Is something happening at school? Or can I go to school and talk to them about something happening at home? Or can I seek therapy? Can I talk to a friend who can direct me to someone? Can I talk to my mentor? Like, don't let things just be. Nothing. It's, no one can tell you, oh, it is what it is. Or it just has to be no. Everything and anything, circumstances can be shifted and changed. And you don't have to remain in what you're in. So I think... My biggest advice is vocalize it. Try, and I know it's hard. Like, it's not easy sometimes when you've been treated a certain way or sometimes when you feel trapped in something, you start to accept it as the norm and you normalize it and you start to think it's justified and it's not. So if and where you can, and even if it's sending an anonymous message, right? You don't have to put a face to it that it's you. Anonymous message, just seek advice. Explain what whatever you're feeling trapped in and seek advice and let someone guide you, but don't keep it in. Don't keep mm. it in. Mm. Do you give so much out on all your various <laughs> platforms with your mentoring, with your just day-to-day life? Mm. Do you ever practice, a daily practice for yourself, just for your wellness, for your to stay grounded, to stay focused, to stay, stay connected? Yeah, for me, um, I'm really, really, really big on self-love, self-empowerment, self-belief, self. It all starts with self. And I, I start all of that by the first step is I read a lot. Like I read books that make me feel good, that give me guidance that I can refer to. Books are like movies for me. They, you know, when you watch a romantic movie and it makes you happy and smile, that's the same with books. And I'm surrounded by them. I always mm. buy them because they are like my my love language, you know? And um, yeah. I, I love authors that are inspiring, all that stuff. And I also like to journal because I I think that my my voice and my thoughts are valid and they deserve to exist, you know, beyond in my mind. So I always journal and validate myself in that way. Mm. But also and do you do you um are you physically writing or is this digital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I physically write. Although That's I'm now nice. I'm now wanting to um also go to digital because I as you can tell, like I always have so much to say. And when I'm writing, sometimes my, my brain moves quicker than my hand can. So <laughs> then I end up either stopping midway because my hand is tired, but I've still got so much to say. And I try to journal online. Um, this month, actually, I did two journal in entries online and it was amazing like I wrote like 3,000 words in the first wow month, and then like 4,000 in the next but it's because I just wanted to just let it out and my fingers can type as fast as my brain can think yes, and of course. of course if I read it back I'm sure there's typos but that's not the point you know it's just about getting it out so mm-hmm. learning for me is so therapeutic like I, I can't even tell you and then I also dance I love to dance a lot by myself nice. in the mirror I literally I'm what, so, what did you what you just put a tune on and you just go for it yeah 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 it's the weird like if anyone was to ever watch it they'd be like what is happening here <laughs> I think my neighbors are probably thinking every other evening like what is going on up there because it sounds like someone is getting killed or something but wow. honestly, I put in my headphones put them on blast and I began this when I started writing the book actually like I didn't do this before but it's when I started writing the book so I put my headphones on full blast and I just play some songs that I really like upbeat and dancey and I just Mm. start dancing in the mirror or just you know it's like a form of exercise but it also just feels so nice and I'll be having a blast just like minding the words and sometimes if it's daytime I'll play the music out loud but I prefer it in my ears and yeah it's just afterwards honestly I'll be smiling to myself because it just feels so great to 
I'm smiling listening to you. I love it. I love yeah, it. I know it's something I love. And music as well in general. Like my yeah. friends will tell you all the time if you're around me, there's always music playing. Um, I just it makes me happy. Music, words, reading things that just reinforce I listen to songs that make me feel good that that are speaking positive things you know I think it's it's a lifestyle it really is it's not Mm -hmm. empowerment happiness joy and the pursuit of self-love has to be intentional yeah Mm. it's not something you just declare and that's it it is intentional the same way with veganism you know it's not just what you eat it's what you wear it's how you Mm -hmm. look in the world it's how you Mm -hmm. are to animals It's, it's everything and that is the same with empowerment like you have to adapt it into every fiber Body. of your life. Mm. Mm. With um, with what you just said, journaling, mm. your dancing, your reading. How intentional are you about protecting that time? Is there a point in the day where you just lock off all your phone, your social media apps, mm. and just like I'm reading now? Yeah. Or how how fiercely do you protect that? Yeah, no, I'm really, really territorial about that because it's just important to value yourself as much as you value other people. You know, I think I always say that the world is hard enough, like especially as a young black woman existing, it's already difficult enough. There's already a lot going on that the last person I need to be hard on myself is me. So if that comes in the form of ignoring, not even ignoring, just not interacting with phone mm. calls or messages during the mornings and during the evenings. I I I value that time so much and I just don't pick up my phone. I just honestly it's either on do not disturb or I just don't pick it up. And you know there's an automatic setting that once it's um around like 10 o'clock my phone will automatically put itself into like bedtime mode like a sleep mode yeah and no notifications can come in so it's not that I'm ignoring it I literally just can't see it until the morning and even if I woke up at night and like went to touch my phone it takes about three tries to get notifications to come it's effort so if you're sleeping you accidentally pick up your phone you're like oh there's nothing there it subconsciously tells you oh nothing there you can sleep and before I used to find it really hard to sleep because I'd always be thinking round the clock because you have like thousands of voices and opinions coming your way like on a weekly basis right and like we were talking about earlier you're taking the stories of women from across the world and some of the stories are heavy and yeah it's it's needing to know when to switch off and knowing that you can't you can't pour into someone else's cup when you're running on empty right and Mm -hmm. to do my job and for me to have to show up and show out and advocate for so many people I need to make sure I'm looking after myself otherwise I I can't give what I need to give so that's why I'm territorial about it for myself but also for me to be able to actually show up properly Mm, I think it's brilliant I think it's brilliant you can do that and I think yeah it's very inspiring um lastly what is the one thing you would like young girls young women listening to commit to today one positive Mm. thing that we could all change that we could just do right now something accessible for us all I think something that I'll always say to everybody, and it sounds very like, you know, wishy-washy, waffly, but I really mean it practically, like be kinder to yourself. I think Mm. that is a step that everybody can take in the right direction. When you wake up 
and you're looking in the mirror, especially when you just came out the shower and you're undressed, stop pointing out things you don't like. Like, start being a bit nicer. Like, why are you doing this yourself? Like I said, the world is hard enough. You're going to go outside and you're going to be hit by these magazines that are photoshopped showing you what people shouldn't like you're gonna watch the news and hear certain language you're gonna listen to certain music that's derogatory about women or whatever like there's too much out there that is negative that the last thing you should do is look in that mirror and add to that you need to uplift yourself so if you can just commit to saying three nice things about yourself every time you wake up and look in the mirror three nice things that you really love about yourself like focus on the things that are great about you whether it's your heart your eyes your arms do you like your hair like anything just I always do it people people my friends at first would think oh my gosh what is going on if I see a mirror I'm like I look inside and I smile at myself or I say something like oh, you look so cute like you know I talk to myself because I'm like excuse me it's not just about living with yourself it's about loving yourself you have one life so I'd say commit to that be kinder to you. And if there are things you wouldn't even say to your worst enemy, don't say them about yourself. We're so much kinder to anybody and everybody else but us. And I'm not having that. Like, I'll be my biggest cheerleader till the day I die. <laughs> yes, I'm listening, like nodding and smiling and beaming along. I love it. Everything yeah. done. I'm doing that and trying that. Absolutely. Just three things. In my you know? life. Yes, three out. things. We can all do that. We can yeah. all do that. Three things. Yeah. It's, it's just like, my eyelashes are looking good today. My eyebrows are tweezed yeah. or threaded, whatever it is. Like it can be the smallest thing. It doesn't have to be the big, big things. You haven't got to take it that big. I think yeah. you just focus on a few small things. Hype yourself you kind of, up. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like acknowledge your wins. And I, I always celebrate everything. And my friends and family and people online will tell you like the balloons, the cakes come out. And someone's like, wait, didn't you just like finish just a semester? I'm like, yeah, I did. I got through a semester. It's a pandemic, you know, things are happening. The world is really crazy right now. I got up, I still showed up and I did well. Like I deserve to celebrate myself because life is way too short. If anything has taught us in the past two years, it can be gone in the blink of an eye and I will be damned if I save celebrating myself or loving myself until later on. No, do it now. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much of yourself. Just honoured to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love this conversation. This was really, really nice. Dope Black Moms. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Moms private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Moms on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Moms. Thanks so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.